there's a word from the Lord on today. So get your Bibles open and let's get ready to go see what the Lord has to say to us. I want to look at 2 Kings chapter 8, 1 through 6. 2 Kings chapter 8, 1 through 6. When you, when you find it, say everything going to be all right. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Um, the Word of God reads this way. Elisha had told the woman whose son he had brought back to life, take your family and move to some other place, for the Lord has called for a famine on Israel that will last for seven years. Somebody say seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. She took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. After the famine, somebody say after the famine. After the famine ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to see the king about getting back her house and land. As she came in, as she came in, as she came in, the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. The king had just said, tell me some stories about the great things Elijah has done. And Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elijah had brought a boy back to life. At that very moment, the mother of the boy walked into the walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and land. She's, and he said, look, my lord, the king, here's the woman right now. And this is her son, the very one Elisha brought back to life. And the king said, is this true? And she told him the story. So he directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost. I, I wish I had a church that was excited this morning. I just want to talk to the people who've lost some stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, everything she lost, she got back. He said to the, he said to the assistant, he called somebody in, come here, man. He said, listen, everything she lost, I want you to give it back to her. Watch this, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during her absence. Not only did she get back what she left behind, but she got back what she didn't even have to work for. I, I, I don't want to teach already, but she got passive income. She didn't have to. He said, give her back her house and any money that was made on her land while she was gone for seven years. Look at your neighbor and say, would you like to get back seven years of lost income? What I want to talk to you about this morning is God's about to move you from your pain to your profit. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm moving from my pain to making a profit. Y'all may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Many economists are conflicted right now, y'all. They're arguing and debating whether or not we're in a true recession. Now, the definition of a recession is that you have two underperforming financial quarters back to back. We've had that. But what's confusing is that people are still spending money. Why is that? Because the central bank has flooded the, the 
the, the market, the economy with more cash. They've, they've printed more cash. And so retailers know that y'all got cash. And so that's why you go to a grocery store now. And what used to cost 50 now costs $135. I went into Kroger with that little card. I don't get the big card. I get the little card. And I get enough groceries, you know, give me from week to week. And I'm thinking, I'm cool. I'm just going to get some bread, some almond milk. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Just some few little things to hold me over. I get to the checkout, and the bill come up like I got the big card. We're feeling the effects of the recession right now. FedEx closed 90 stores. And, and, and cutting back people's hours. Y'all, this thing is real. We're feeling it. But on top of that, we also had hurricanes the last couple of weeks where people in Central, in Florida were hit hard and whole towns devastated. Carolina, people impacted. People lost their lives, lost their homes. And we're all trying to figure out how we're going to get through this. But I got a feeling that everything it's going to be all right. God will never take you where his grace cannot keep you. Can y'all say that with me? God will never take you where his grace cannot keep you. Last Sunday, Pastor Jackson told us that God wants us to make some money moves. But making money moves requires for you to have faith that God is going to take care of you even when it looks like you're moving in the opposite direction. Uh, let me say that again. Trusting God means you've got to trust him even when he tells you to do something that looks like you're going in the opposite direction of financial peace. Sometimes God has to unsettle you. Lord, have mercy. He has to unsettle you before he blesses you. And, and many of us are, are in a position today where we feel vulnerable because it doesn't appear like when, when Ella was telling her testimony, she said, she said it was hard for her to let go of that house, but she had to trust God. And she says, I'm even in a season, y'all not talking to me, I'm even in a season right now, Pastor, where I can afford a house, but the Lord says, wait. Can somebody say, wait? wait. Who in here today is in a waiting period? Raise your hand so I know I'm not talking to the wall. All of us are in this waiting period. Things are tough right now. Things are tight right now. But God wants to know, can you trust me right now? I want to encourage you this morning that as long as you are being obedient to what God told you to do, that you are heading in the right direction. And many times it's uncomfortable heading in a new direction. Listen, I, I, I picked the name of that church 21 years ago because I, I recognize that, that everybody needs a new direction. But, but, but did you know it's not only a blessing to hit a new direction, but sometimes it's scary. I've never, look at somebody say, I've never been here before. And whenever it is that you're in, God leads you in a, in a place where you've never been before, it can be unsettling, it can be anxious. If you know that God has not brought you this far to leave you and you're determined to increase your financial peace, somebody tell your neighbor or type in the comments, I'm making money moves. Cardi B said it. She said, I don't dance no more. I make money moves. Sometimes in order to make money moves, you have to abandon your comfort zone. Sometimes in order to make money moves, you got to, you got to abandon what used to bring you comfort. She said, I don't dance no more. Y'all not going to talk to me. 
She said, I don't dance no more. She talking about, I don't strip no more. I'm making money moves. She took her talent and God allowed her to elevate to another place outside of selling, you know, her body for entertainment. She, she, she used her, her talent to rap. What are, you, what, are you going, what are you willing to leave behind so God can take you to the next level? What, how can, can you really make money moves or are you going to be stuck in your comfort zone for the rest of your life because you keep allowing negative voices within and without to talk you out of your next move? Your next move is going to require you to get out of your comfort zone. Somebody type that in the comments. Your next move is going to require you to get out of your comfort zone. As a matter of fact, if y'all haven't done so already, share on your page right now that I'm preaching about this because I'm getting ready to set somebody free in your family that's connected to you. I'm getting ready to move them out of debt into financial freedom, but it requires you to make sure you tell them that there's good news. So somebody share on your page right now that pastor's preaching. Tune in right now. When we look at this text, we see a woman who has been accustomed to making money moves. When you see her in this text, you're catching her at a turning point in her life. She is a widow. There's a famine coming, and she has to let go of her house because it's getting ready to be an economic downturn. But this did not catch her by surprise. Is there anybody in here glad that God gives you warning before destruction? Lord, have mercy. I just want to talk to the believers in here today. How many of y'all know that God has been whispering to you all through this process? That God has been encouraging you all through the process? Holy Spirit has been nudging you and telling you save some more money. Holy Spirit has been telling you, no, it's not a time to go buy a house. Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. But the prophet Elisha came to her directly and he told this woman, he says, do not, do not stay where you are right now. I need you to leave your house and go somewhere else because it's going to be a famine and it's going to last for seven years. Y'all, I got to set this I gotta set this story up so you can understand, so you can shout with me because it, this thing excites me. Listen, watch this. The prophet Elisha told her that a famine was coming on the land and she and her son need to go somewhere else for seven years. Can I ask y'all a question? Where do y'all see yourselves in seven years? Now, now let's talk about this now. In seven years, y'all, I'm going to be 61. I'm getting old. I'm getting close to retirement. It's going to be 2029. Y'all got to operate with the end in mind. I'm going, I'm getting close to retirement. What's that going to look like? How is I going to make it? Luckily, no, by the grace of God, I have not waited to ask that question at 54. I asked that question at 17. I've been working since I was a teenager. I've been saving, putting away since I was a young man. So I'm not afraid of that question. But at the same time, because of where we are economically, there is a question that surfaces in my mind. What are you going to be in seven years? And I'm asking y'all the question, not just to be rhetorical, but I want you to start processing and thinking, are you in the financial position to be where you want to be in a good place in seven years down the road. Some of us are a little bit more anxious than others because we older. Those I said, Shawnee, I said older, not old. And then some of y'all are younger and you got time. But I want you to start thinking with the end in mind. Don't wait till you get my age talking about how am I going to, I need to go get three jobs. No. Somebody say start thinking about that now. 
There's a lot I want to accomplish in the next seven years, and it's going to require me to make some faith moves and some money moves. So here's the first thing I want to tell you. I'm going to tell you four, and I'm going to let you go. Number one, before you can make a profit, you have to make room for the prophetic. Before you can make a P-R-O-F-I-T, you got to make room for the P-R-O-P-H-E-T. What are you talking about? I'm glad you asked. Um, in this text, what you don't see is that this woman has been making money moves by investing in the kingdom. If you look at a couple of chapters before this one, you will discover that this woman literally made room for this man of God in her house. You have to go back to 2 Kings chapter 4 where we see that Elijah regularly passed through her neighborhood, through her village, and what people did during those days that they don't do no more. You remember when your mom and them used to give chicken to the pastor when he came over for dinner? Ain't none of y'all ever asked me over for your house for dinner. Y'all don't do that no more. We don't, we don't shower, the, you know, back in the day when I preached a revival, Elder Paulette, they used to give me a box of food. It was called showering the preacher. I had potted meat. I had vine sausages. I had. I'm glad they stopped there. But what I'm saying is there used to be this, this place of honor that we bestowed upon our men and women of God. And in those days, that's what they did. And, and that man would come through that village, and she told her husband, she said, baby, she said, that man of God, he's anointed. He's holy. He pours into our life. What I want to do is I want to build a study for him in the upper room on our house. So she built a little room with a bed and a desk and a lamp so he could have somewhere to sleep and somewhere to study whenever he passed through their neighborhood. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? And when... When he came back through the village and, he, and she, he saw the woman, she said, come in, my husband and I have added on to our house. We made room for you that whenever you're in our village, you ain't got to worry about getting no hotel. You ain't got to worry about where you're going to stay. You're going to stay with us. And he said, bless you. And here's the question he asked. Y'all help me. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. He says, what can I go and ask the king on your behalf? It's not what you know. It's. Who you know? This prophet had the ear of the king, and he asked her, what can I ask the king to do for you? Here's her response. Are y'all staying with me this morning? Here's her response. She says, I'm good. She says, I, I don't need anything right now. Uh, after the woman invested in the man of God, he said, what do you want me to do? She says, I'm good. And, 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 she, and he said, are you sure? She said, I'm secure and satisfied. Somebody say, I'm secure and satisfied. What's powerful about this statement is that this woman has no children. I don't believe she can have children. That was an economic burden and a social embarrassment for a woman to be barren. And here's what the prophet says after she says, I'm satisfied. Lord have mercy. Who am I talking to this morning who wants to give birth to something but you can't? Who am I talking to this morning that you don't have all the money you want, but yet you're content? There is something that is ripe for a miracle when you're in a position to be able to say, I'm satisfied with what I got. 
I believe that when we learn the art of contentment, to be satisfied with where we are in life, that God sees that and that that ignites God to want to act on your behalf. And what the prophet tells her, he says, by this time next year, you will be nursing a new son. And the woman's response is, she must have been a black woman. She said, don't play with me. She said, don't, 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 don't play with, don't, don't, don't start no foolishness. Don't get my hopes up because I have, oh my God, y'all not talking to me. Because up until this time, I have not been able to do it on my own. I want to talk to somebody who's been trying to do something on your own and you have not received any fruit from your efforts and you were almost at the place where you were giving up on your dream and then God has the audacity to send a prophetic word your way to tell you that what you've been waiting on, Ella, I'm about ready to give it to you because you were in a place where you didn't have it but you were satisfied and you still sowed seed in good ground. You still tithed. You still gave. You still served. You still came to church you still kept believing well it's my turn to bless you by this time next year Pastor Jackson, by this time next year, because you invested in the man of God and added on to his house, God says I'm going to bless you with another house I'm going to bless you with another business. I'm going to bless you with some more contracts. I'm going to bless you with some more opportunities. I'm going to bless you with some more open doors. Robin, because you've sold seed in good ground, don't be surprised that you're going to be holding a new baby. Y'all ain't excited. I see arms folded up. I just want to talk to 50 people who expect God to birth something new in your life next year. Stand up on your feet. I just want to talk to the people that got a seed in the ground to raise your hand up and say, I got some seed in the ground. I like that song by William Murphy. He says, it's my season of blessing. It's my season of restoration. He's leaning in my direction. Why, do you, why are you so confident, William Murphy? Because I got some seed in the ground. I just want to talk to 300 people who've been tithing, who've been sowing seed who've been sowing into your pastor can you make some noise real quick because God says because you trusted your seed and planted it in good ground because you y'all be seated one of the visions I have in operation restoration is to restore this house everybody say restore this house Part of my vision is there's a shed. Y'all can't see it. Y'all can't see it. There is a shed on top of this building. There's a shed. I've, I've climbed a vertical roof. I'm a vertical ladder. I mean, straight up. They got that emergency ladder. And I, want, I was nosing, so I wanted to go up uh, and see what's on top of this roof. And I went up there, and the Lord says, this is where your 24-hour prayer room going to be. I, I, I want to I make a room where the prophets and the prayer warriors can go up and spend the night if they want to, to pray over the city. I, I want to make a 24-hour uh, upper room prayer room. Uh, and, and, and I said, God, but we ain't got no money. He said, don't worry about the money's coming. He said, he said, the money's in the house. You just, you just share the vision. Watch this, because if you make room for my, the prophetic in my house, I'm going to bless you financially with what you make room for. And in this season of uncertainty, God wants to know, can y'all fix my house, make room for me? And as a result of making room for me, I'm ready to open up a window and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. 
So the pledge you make, y'all not helping me, the pledge you make for the capital campaign, the tithes you sow, as you pour into God's house, God says, I'm going to take care of your house. As you take care of my house, I'm going to take care of your house. How many of y'all have found that to be true, that every time you trusted God with your seed, with your tithe, God keeps on making a way? Talk to me, somebody. I just... Can I take a survey real quick? Has anybody ever trusted God with your tithe, with the last $10 in your pocketbook, and God still showed up and showed up? Can you stand up and wave at the audience and tell me, talking about me? I didn't even have gas money, but I gave God my best, and God did the rest. Can you wave at your neighbor and say, I've tried him, and I know him, that he will come through? Look at somebody and say, by this time next year, Expect your baby. The Lord bless her. Boy, y'all, some, some of these older women are like, I wish I would say I'm having a baby. You know how long it took me to get these kids out of my pocketbook? I'm talking about a spiritual baby. I'm talking about a financial baby. I'm talking about... Somebody, somebody like, you better not say nothing. Watch this. The Lord blessed her with the son the following year. The Lord blessed her with the son the following year. And the Bible says that he grew up a handsome young man, healthy, and he went out into the field one day to help his dad. And he said, Daddy, my head is hurting. And he said, go home to your mama. He goes home to his mom, lays his head in her lap, and dies from an aneurysm. This has got a lot of twists and turns in it. I got to give you the whole story. Because people see your glory, but they don't know your story. She, she just got blessed with a son. And maybe 10 years later, he dies from an aneurysm. What kind of mess is this? And when he dies in her lap, you know what she does? She picks him up. And takes him up in the upper room. And lays him on the bed she built for the prophet. She then tell, she don't even tell her husband the baby's dead. He said, where are you going, baby? She said, I'll be back. You know how black women are? I'll be back. She gets in the car. Drives up. Gets out the car. The prophet looks out the window, sees her coming. He's like, that's the lady I blessed with the son. They built a room for me. Go see what she wants. He sends her staff. He sends the staff out. And Gehazi's coming out. Ma'am, I help you. I'm good. I don't need to talk to you. <laughs> y'all know how y'all are. <laughs> We're past that. <laughs> I don't want no staff member. I need to talk to him. Specify them built this room on the house. That's how y'all are, especially since I gave my time and I gave to the capital campaign. Where he at? <laughs> and she goes and she tells the prophet, my son that you blessed me with, I told you not to get my hopes up. Have y'all ever been there before? Come on. Have you ever been mad at God? You ain't going to say it out loud. Have you ever been disappointed with God? You got a job and then you lost it. 
You thought you had a good friend and they betrayed you. You had a house and you had to give it up. She said, I told you not to get my hopes up. Now my son is dead in the room I built for you. And he tells his servant, here, take my staff and go lay it on the boy and I'll be there soon. And the woman says, yeah, he can go, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not leaving until I go with you. So the staff member, the prophet, the assistant to the prophet, he goes and lays the staff, but it don't do nothing. Because in this season, God says, I require your presence, not your staff. Look at your neighbor and say, this next blessing requires your presence, not your representative. You're not going to be blessed sending somebody to church while you stay at home. You're not going to be blessed sending your kids to church while you're still in the bed. You're not going to be blessed sending your wife to church while you're home watching the ball game. You are going to have to be present for this miracle. And when, when the prophet gets in there, he brings one. He's like, okay, y'all just sit up here. And he lays on the boy seven times. He lays, on, he lays his body on the boy, breathes into him, and then the boy, watch this, he comes back to life. Y'all ain't gonna live. He comes back to life, Pat, and sneezes seven times. Y'all interested? Mitzi, you want to hear what I th why, why I think he sneezed seven times? Brian, you want to hear it? So, Elder Paula, when someone sneezes, our response is what? Bless you. Bless you. Well, y'all don't say it no more. You just move away from them. <laughs> it used to be when somebody sneezed, you'd be like, oh, bless you, baby. Now you be, he got that Rona. <laughs> but pre-pandemic, we used to say gazoon tight. Gazoon tight is a German word which broken down means bless and hood to cover someone's health. Because the Germans believe that when you sneeze, that your heart and your soul left your body. So Gesundheit was blessing people's soul to return and for good health to return. Because a sneeze, sometimes Nisi, is a prelude to a cold or to a sickness or to corona. So what they're saying is, Health return. So when he, ah, y'all ain't gonna help me. When he sneezes, Robin, seven times, it's because of what his mama's getting ready to have to go through. He tells her to leave the house because there's gonna be a famine for seven years. So every time he sneezes, There's a bless you to cover every year and she's going to have to go through something. Somebody needs to understand that the only reason you haven't gone crazy is because there was a bless you for every year that God knew you was going to have to go through something. I lost my job, but I didn't go crazy. I lost friends, but I didn't lose my mind. You know why? Because every time I went through something, somebody was saying bless you. 
I was, oh my God, before the famine even came, I already had some blessings that were already covering the years of famine that God knew I was going to go through. I just want the folk who've been through some years of famine already, and people are looking at you, wondering why you haven't lost your mind. It's because I am blessing the city, blessing the field, blessed when I come, blessed when I go, and no matter how long this recession is going to last, I got a blessing covering me. That's why my business, that's why your business didn't shut down. Shawna, you made more money in the recession than you did before the recession. Is there anybody that's got a, a testimony that God kept me through a recession? I know y'all don't like doing this no more, but can you touch somebody's article of clothing and not their skin and, and seven times and say, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Every bless, I need y'all to, I need you to say as many bless you's as you need God to cover you for the rest of this recession, for the rest of this year, for the rest of this decade, until seven years are up. I need some blessings to cover me. Bless me in the field. Bless me at work. Bless me in my school. Bless me in my marriage. Bless me in my relationships. Bless me in my church. Bless me bless me bless me bless bless you too Elisha would come back years later after her husband had died and he gave a warning that a famine was coming and that for seven years she would need to leave her house and find somewhere else to stay her son when he came back to life sneezed seven times because he knew that she needed those blessings for seven years I want to tell somebody that for however long it is that you have to endure this financial inconvenience God has blessed you so that your soul will not be broken during this famine look at somebody and say you will not be broken during this famine you will not be broken during this recession you are covered in blessings Don't forget what the prophet asked her when she first added on to her house. Can anybody remember what the question was that Elisha asked the woman when he gave her the prophecy she would have a child or when she added on to the house? What was the question? What can I ask on your behalf to the king? Y'all remember that question? Put a pen right there. And she said, I'm good. I don't need nothing right now. Right now. Yeah. She said, no, I'm good. There are some things that you didn't need from God in your last season that you're going to need in your next season. And because you invested in God's kingdom, by your contribution to the house, God is going to remember you in your season of need. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you're going to need that favor later. Has there ever been a season in your life when somebody says, can I do anything for you? And you honestly could say, no, I'm good right now. But how many of y'all know you glad that you can use your favor for later? Can I talk to somebody in here? You got a job right now, but you're going to need that favor later. You got a house right now, but you're going to need that favor later. Your health is good right now, but you're going to need that favor later. And as long as we are in good relationship with God, we can cash in on our favor Whenever we need it. Can somebody say favor does not expire? My wife went through the pantry the other day. She cleaned our pantry. We had stuff that expired in 2002. Canned goods, you understand? And she's like, no, this got to go. 
but there's some things that don't expire. And favor is one of them. So you might not have needed favor in this last year. You might not have needed favor during the recession. But just keep on living because you're going to need some favor later. And the good thing about it is that God can, your favor does not expire. Number two, you may have to settle for less until God gives you his best. The Bible says that she left her house and land to move to the land of the Philistines where she settled. Somebody say settled. For the longest time, the Philistines had terrorized the people of Israel, and, and they were enemies. Y'all remember David fighting Goliath? He was a Philistine. Are y'all listening? Y'all remember the Philistines kept attacking Israel? And so he, the prophet says, I need you to leave your house, walk away from your house, and stay until the famine is over. Where does she go? Y'all not talking to me. She settles in the land of the Philistines. In this season, some of y'all got to live in places you don't want to live. You got to work with Philistines. Okay, y'all, so I guess I'm the only one who work with people in my history, not in New Direction. When I was working outside the church, I had to work with people that didn't like me and I didn't like them. Wave your hand. They ain't, your co-workers ain't here, so wave your hand. Have you ever been in a season where you had to work in places where people tolerate you but don't celebrate you? Have you ever had to work in a place where you knew you were better than what they gave you to do? Have you ever had to train people that you knew more than? That is a season that we've all been through, but yet you got to trust God. God, what, oh my God, what is it you're trying to give me in this season? I'm going to keep you even in the land of the Philistines. That's why David could say he makes a banquet table in the presence of my enemies. When you're in relationship with God, God will keep you in places where you have to settle for a season. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help somebody who's in a difficult place right now, and you're wondering how long is this season gonna last? Don't worry about how it's going how long it's gonna last. Just know that God's gonna keep you while you're in the land of the Philistines. Your anointing has you covered. Your relationship has you covered. And ordinarily, other people would have gone crazy in, in similar circumstances, but God has graced you to keep you in the land of the Philistines until this famine is over with. You might have to settle in this season. You might have to, you might have to, you know, bite your lip in this season. You might have to tighten your belt in this season. You might have to, you might want to cuss them out, but you might have to hold your peace. What you did for God is going to keep you through the famine even when it's less than what you are accustomed to. I'm going to say that again. What you did for God in your faith in sowing is going to keep you through the famine even when it's less than what you're accustomed to. I might have to drive a used car not a new car. I might have to rent instead of own. I might not be able to shop at the mall 
but I still make Target look good. I might not be able to eat out like I used to, but I can fry me up some salmon. I might not be able to go get my hair done every week, but I reward myself once a month. Because in this season that I'm in, it requires me to settle for less until God can give me more. Paul says, I have learned the secret that whatsoever state, y'all not talking to me, whatsoever state that I'm in, I have learned to be content, whether well-fed or not, not fed enough, whether clothed, whatever. He said, whatever state I'm in, I've learned the secret of life to learn how to be content and satisfied knowing that trouble don't last always. Do you really need this house in this season? Do you need to keep this business open? And y'all, one of the hardest decisions I had to make as a pastor with all of the financial turbulence that's going on around us is I had to decide to make sure that we close down our location in Carrierville and bring us back together in one house because that's the season that we're in right now. We had to be good stewards and come together as one family under one roof and to build back up our finances, to build back up our stewardship and to build up our discipleship and God has been working miracles. We've had almost a hundred people be baptized since we've been back together. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We've been able to raise up new leaders. We've been able to make new disciples. We've been able to reach new souls. There are people that are coming back into the church and God says because you inconvenienced yourself and did what was wise and walked away from the house, watch me restore the house. Can I talk to somebody so you can get excited? God's about ready to restore your house because of the stuff you walked away from, because of the stuff you sacrificed, God says, I'm getting ready to give that back and some. This woman had experience in trusting God. Hey, she had experience in trusting God. Lord, have mercy. How does she have experience in trusting God, Pastor? I'm glad you asked the question. She lost her son. She lost her son, and God gave her son back. Has anybody ever lost anything? And so God, give it back to you. Press down, shaking together. Press down, shaking together. Press down, shaking together. And running over. Can I get 70 of y'all who lost something, but you know God gave it back to you. Will you please stand up and let somebody around you know God gonna give it back. Here, take this. I don't run out of time. Take this. I don't ran out of time. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to keep y'all so long today. Watch this. Can I finish, though? I got two more points. Can I finish? You got to trust God's timing. Look at your neighbor and say, trust God's timing. When the woman came back at the end of seven years, she's trying to figure out, how am I going to get my house back? And, and, and why, you, why are you trying to figure it out? Y'all ain't going to help me. God is already working it out. Because while she was trying to figure it out, inside the king's office where she was headed was Gehazi, the assistant to the prophet. And he said, tell me some stories about Elisha the prophet. I heard he was a bad dude. He said, yeah, man. He said he raised a kid from the dead. He looked out the window. Who's walking up the driveway? But the woman who had the son that was raised from the dead. It's all about God's timing. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Stop, freeze. Let me break this down because y'all looking at me kind of crazy right now. 
I was in the DR with my wife celebrating our birthdays and anniversaries. And I was in the Dominican Republic. Y'all know how far that is away from America? It's pretty far. It's a three-hour plane ride. It's near Haiti. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? So I'm in the resort. We're going, Ron and I are walking by ourselves. We're about one of the only black folk in there. And we're walking, you know, just spending time with ourselves, minding our business. And there's these two young white guys sitting right there talking. And I say, excuse me, fellas. So we walk around them. And I, I'm nosy, and I hear them talking. He said, hey, man, you went to West Kentucky? Yeah, man. I did too, man. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm in West Kentucky. I didn't, I didn't notice it because I was hungry. And I heard these two guys talk, you went to Western? I went to Western. Yeah, I met my wife at Western. I met my wife at Western. Y'all not seeing where I'm going. I said, wait a minute. I, I said, Ron, come back. We went back. I said, hey, fellas. I said, y'all went to Western? Yeah, I went to Western. You met your wife at Western? Yeah, I met my wife at Western. What is the likelihood of three strangers Meeting at the same time, at the same place, at a random resort. Who does that? God does that. That's what you call, can I teach you for a minute? That's what you call serendipity. Everybody say serendipity. Serendipity is when the serene dips down into your time and space. God had it as an assignment that the three of us would meet at the same time. Go back to the story. This woman is walking in. How am I going to get my house back? It happens that as she's coming back, the, the assistant is already talking to the king. What was the question? Y'all not going to be preaching this. What was the question she was asked at first? What do you need me to? What do you need me to ask the king for you? She said, nothing right now. But this is the time. And she walks in, and the doorbell goes, ding, ding. And, and she said, this is the woman right here. And she said, what is it? Tell him the story about Elisha and how he raised your son from the dead. And she told her story, and the king says, hey, come in here. This woman left her house seven years ago. I need you to go get the paperwork on it, and I need you to quick deed her property back to her, and I need you to go down to the bank and find out how much money has been deposited from her vineyard since she's been gone for seven years and pay her back everything that was owed to her since she's been gone. She didn't need it then, but she needed it right now. Is there anybody who knows that you're going to get it back when you go back? That's my last point. You're going to get it back when you go back. I need you to hit your neighbor real quick and say, you're going to get it back when you go back. What are you talking about when you go back? Going back to church is not about going back to religion. It's about getting back in relationship. And God says, when you get back in alignment with the Holy Spirit and get back into service and get back into ministry, that's when I'm going to get your finances back. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness righteousness and all of this somebody say all of this when I get back that's when I'm gonna get it back watch this watch this watch this what you don't see in the text is the reason they're going into famine is because of apostasy everybody say apostasy apostasy is the disenfranchisement or the disconnection from one's faith to follow something else 
and the king and all of Israel were in an apostate state. They did not no longer believe in God. But here's a woman. Here's a woman that held on to her faith and never abandoned her faith. She didn't lose her faith when she lost her husband. She didn't lose her faith when her, when her son died. She didn't lose her faith when she had to let her house go. But she held on to her faith and she, and she came back and helped the king who no longer had faith to get his faith back because of her story. Can I help you? We overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Do you know how you're going to get it back? It's in your testimony. All the hell you went through. All the pain you experienced. God says, I'm going to turn your pain into a prophet. Can somebody help me real quick? Y'all keep trying to chase the bag, but God says, I don't want you to chase the bag. I want you to chase your purpose, because when you chase your purpose, your purpose leads to a prophet. Your gifts will make room for you and bring you into the presence of great men. That woman gave a gift to the prophet. She put a room on a house and made room for the man of God. She sowed seed in the kingdom. She made a kingdom investment. And when she needed the favor back, the favor came back. It came back, pressed down, shaking together, running over. And I want to tell somebody, if you put a seed in the ground, if you made a commitment to the capital campaign, would you do me a favor and raise your hand? Because I want to speak over your life. And I decree and declare that what you put in the ground is about to come back to you. That favor's coming back to you. That blessing's coming back to you. That promotion's coming back to you. You're about to get that back because God says when you get back, when you give back, I'm going to give it back to you. Look at your neighbor and touch them and high five them on the shoulder and say get ready because God's about ready to give it all back to you. Can somebody help me praise God in advance for what God's getting ready to do in your life? Somebody shout in advance that it's coming back. It's coming back to me. It's coming back to my family. It's coming back to my finances. It's coming back. My joy is coming back. My peace is coming back. My, 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 my fervency is coming back. I feel the help of God. Oh my. I was, I was, I was driving into work today. I was driving into work to preach this morning, and, and a song came on, one of my favorite songs, Tone's Make Me Over. Uh, make Me Over Again. He said, I failed you so many times, make me over. And y'all had just started weeping. I, as a matter of fact, I was almost at the church, and, and the Holy Spirit made me drive around another block because I needed that song to minister to me because so many times I've let the Lord down, but he still favors me. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. I'm going to talk to myself. Y'all ain't, ain't got to listen to nothing. So many times God has blessed me, opened up so many open doors and I didn't deserve it but because he looked beyond my, my faults and saw my needs good God I haven't been perfect but I sure been faithful is there anybody that that's your testimony that I may not have been everything that I'm supposed to be but God kept on blessing me I just want some real people if you would come down and stand I want to make sure I'm not the only nasty person the only person that's made mistakes and yet God keeps on blessed is there anybody in here that could use a over this morning would you meet me at the altar and say pastor that's my testimony I haven't been perfect but God has been faithful I've made some mistakes but God has been faithful I don't need God just to make over my physical house I need God to make over my spiritual house is there anybody in here that needs to head in a new direction look at your neighbor and say walk down with me 
because I'm not the only one that's messed up in life. I'm not the only one that's got tripped up. I'm not the only one that's backslid. Is there anybody in here that could use some forgiveness and use another chance and use another direction and get your blessing in the time of famine? Would you look at your neighbor and grab them by both wrists and tell them I touch and agree with you that God is about ready to shift you in a whole new direction. God's about ready to bless you and by this time next year you're going to give birth to something new. You're going to give birth to a new opportunity. You're going to give birth to a new business. You're going to give birth to a new degree. You're going to give birth to a new assignment, a new project. Hey, somebody touch three people and say, you're next in line for a miracle. Come here, Renato. Stay right there for a minute. I saw this young man. I was on the airplane, and I saw your video. And it was on Unapologetic Memphis. And they were talking about hustling. And he had his lawn equipment, drinks, snacks, cones at the, hanging out of his car, car full of stuff. And, he's, and he was so happy and radiant, so full of charisma. He's Memphis famous, y'all. <laughs> former, former drug dealer. Living for God, in church every Sunday, working out of his car with lawn equipment, drinks, and snacks. Rod, you still here? How much would it cost to get a nice used pickup truck? Just out of your mind, just give me a, just give me a figure. Huh? About 6000 I want to see something today. I'm not going to give this money to you. I'm going to get this money, and I'm going to, I'm going to get Rod to find you a truck. I want to see... No, wait, wait. I want to see something real quick. I'm not asking for money for Stacy. I'm not asking money for New Direction. I'm asking money for Ronaldo's truck. I want to see, can you bless somebody else? I want you to look in your pocket right now. And whatever you have, I want you to bring it on this stage. And Rod, I want you to find him a new truck so he can put all of his stuff in his truck. I need everybody right now. Come on, everybody right now. I, I, I want to see something. You know when the New Testament says that in the New Testament church that nobody was in need because everybody 
sold what they had so that there was any needy people amongst them that they would take care of those people. I want to I want to I want to put the church to a test right now. I want to see who can come and bring some money or write a check for us to get this man a truck and we're going to come back and tell y'all how much we took up. What's up? Oh my god. Oh my god. Brother John Love just donated $2,000. Some of y'all, some of y'all got it. Huh? Oh my God. He said, Pastor, I want to say something. He said, Today is my birthday. I didn't even know that it was your birthday, son. I didn't even know it was your birthday. I didn't even know it was your birthday, man. You can use the New Direction app if you're online and you want to give. I want you to send it to dollar sign NDCC Memphis and put Ronaldo's truck in the comments. If you want to give online, dollar sign NDCC Memphis. I want to, I want to, I want to get this man a truck and I want them to do a follow-up story. I know they were slick trying to make fun of him because he had all his stuff in his car. But I want him to know today that his church loves him. And, and, and when we bless Ronaldo, we bless ourselves. Because when Ronaldo's business takes off and he's prospering, that keeps Ronaldo out of jail. Ronaldo's able to go hire other young men in the streets that are just like him. We are helping to change the narrative in Memphis, Tennessee, that only thing you can do is sell drugs. The only thing you can do is, no, 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 no. We're gonna bless him so that he can get his truck, get his business, and stay out of jail, stay out of drugs. We are, the devil cannot have him. It's his birthday. And I didn't even know it was his birthday. God did. God did. God did. God did. God's timing is everything. We take care of our own. We take care of our own. We, we are giving this young man a business seed to meet his need. Look at your neighbor and say, your seed meets a need. And watch this. The same way y'all bless Ronaldo, there's a blessing coming back to you. Somebody's going to move your resume to the top of the pile. Somebody's going to call you for a new job. Somebody's going to say, you got the loan. You're not talking to me. When you bless somebody else, it's going to come back to you because whatever you sow is what you reap. Ronaldo, come here, son. Father, I decree and declare right now, thank you for my son, my spiritual son, Ronaldo. I've seen him grow, Father God. I've seen him grow from a, a young man that was straight out the streets to a young man that comes and gives you praise and glory. He'll do whatever he needs to do for his church. He's letting his light shine. He's a good dad. He's a good person. And God, with these gifts that were sown today, I pray for every person who sowed a seed today, who gave beyond and above what they had to give. And I decree and declare right now, Father God, that this new truck will get him new business. New lawn contracts. 
Father God, a new distribution center for his, for his vending operation. Hey. He just got his license to sell potato chips and what else? And for his tree company, he just got his license. So Father God, we thank you for the license. And now we thank you for the resources, for the license, for the truck, for the business, for success in Jesus' name. Hallelujah and amen. Love you, man. Yolanda going to get with you on your truck, okay? Bless you, sweetheart. Bless you, sweetheart. Bless you. Can we give God praise? Thank y'all. And listen. Listen to me real quick. We got some people in here who got, you got some discretionary income. And you know who you are. Online too. So if you saw what I just did, we will show you the receipt for the vehicle. Ain't no funny business going on here. I'm, I, I'm afraid of God. I don't play with God's money. So what I took the money up for is what it's going for. A truck for Ronaldo. And so when we get the truck, we're going to put it on social media. We're going to take a picture of it so y'all can see where your money went. Amen. Let's give God some praise today.